Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Thinking Christian Podcast. This is your host, Dan Kramer. Thank you for joining me today. If you'd like to know more about me or this podcast, just simply go to www.thethinkingchristian.us. That will lead you to my website. There you can find all previously released podcasts. You can read a little bit about this podcast. You can find some things about me if you care to. Um, you can also interact with me. You can uh, send me an email from my website or even just interact with any of the material that you find there. I have some articles that I've written. I've had, I have some links to videos that I've shot and just some things like that. So that's pretty well the place to go if you want to know more about what you're hearing here. Uh, and as always, I will encourage you to uh, subscribe to this podcast. You can do that through Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Android, or just download a podcasting app. Uh, there are a number of them out there on the, the market. And uh, just do a search for The Thinking Christian, find it, and then subscribe. So that when a new podcast is released, you will get it. Uh, um, you'll download it right to your device, and that's an easy way to do it. So, Oh, and also you can subscribe to the uh, podcast, or actually to the whole website. Just go to the website, um, thethinkingchristian.us. There you'll see on the left side, if you're on a, a web browser on your computer, you'll see a field for your name and your email address. Uh, go ahead and put that in there. Hit the subscribe button. And when a new uh, podcast or an update to the website is made, you will get notice. Uh, you'll get notified when that happens. Okay, well, that's enough of the commercial, so let's kind of hop in today's um, topic. Uh, uh, the last couple of weeks, I've talked about the COVID-19 situation, and I'm, I'm going to step away from it for a little bit. Maybe I need a break. I don't know. Maybe some of the listeners do as well. Uh, talk about something maybe a little bit lighthearted today, but still something that I think is important. And the question that I have here is, can a Christian eat any kinds of food? Can a Christian eat any kinds of food? Now, if you don't know what I mean... Um, by that question, uh, you know, if you're not a Christian uh, or someone only kind of, you know, somewhat interested or, or familiar, I should say, with Christianity, Christianity uh, grew out of or sprang from, or I'm trying to think of the way the right preposition, I guess, to to uh, to describe this. It, it came from, in a sense, Judaism. And uh, if you're at all familiar with the Jewish faith, you know that in the Jew Jewish faith, faith, they have always have, and those who continue to keep the Orthodox Jewish faith continue to still watch their dietary, uh, or they still have dietary laws. They watch what kinds of foods that they eat as part of their religious service. And um, so a natural question might be asked, and I have been asked many times over, um, and not too long ago was asked if Christians can eat pork. Of course, if you're familiar, again, with Judaism, you'll know that uh, pork is considered an unclean animal. Not only with Judaism, but also with other uh, religions, there are dietary restrictions. Um, Islam, for example, has uh, unclean animals and uh, things that they shouldn't um, eat or drink. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Islam restricts coffee use, I, I, I believe. Um, also, uh, restricting a coffee is uh, Mormons. I'm pretty sure about that. And there are just different walks of faith that uh, believe that avoidance of food is something that they need to do to kind of uh, keep their faith. And so the, Christ so the Christian, I think, it's, it's reasonable to ask, uh, can a Christian eat any kinds of food? Uh, again, since it's uh, related, in a sense, to Judaism, 
um, the question I think would be sort of natural. Uh, if you're reading the New Testament and you flip back into the Old Testament, you won't go too far until you see uh, issues about foods and things like that. And you'll find it also in the New Testament. Matter of fact, it was a hot button for Jesus. Now, um, I, to, uh, let me answer my question before I explain my question. The answer to the question, can any Christian eat, can, excuse me, can a Christian eat any kinds of food? Uh, I'll say my answer is yes and no. Um, okay, so that's my answer. But let me explain that uh, and what I mean. First, sort of the um, the yes part of Christian can eat uh, different types of food. Um, again, you know, relating it to Judaism, there were uh, there were restrictions placed on Jews who kept the faith as to what foods they were unclean and clean animals. Now that was part of God's covenant that He made with Israel, the nation. At Sinai, you'll find that uh, described in Exodus 19 and, and following chapters where God sort of lays out the things that um, he expects Israel as a nation to do and to keep, and that's their covenant. Now, in my opinion, Jesus established a new covenant. Um, it's not like the old. I mean, it's like it in some respects, I guess you could say, but it has new conditions. A covenant, for lack of a better term, uh, just to kind of put it rather loosely, is sort of a contract. Uh, God is saying, I'll do this if you do that, or I'll do this and you do that, that kind of thing. And, and so Jesus established a new covenant, and it's like the old in some respects, I guess you could say. It has a lot of moral connections to it, but there are some differences. Um, now, I see the establishment of the covenant in Luke chapter 22, where Jesus is in the upper room, and he uh, he, as he's administering uh, the Passover, or what we might now call the Last Supper, he said, "This is my body, which is broken for you, and this is the um, this is my blood, the cup of the new covenant that he was giving to his disciples." And I think that establishes in that moment that's when he was offering the new covenant. And the new covenant has some different conditions, I believe. Uh, for example, Jesus said uh, to his disciples. One command that I give you, and that you love one another. I mean, this is uh, this is something that we're called to do. As a matter of fact, uh, that seems to be the the only real kind of rule, that, a commandment that we have, is that we love God and we love others. Uh, Paul said in the Book of Romans that love fulfills the law, and so in the in in love, I think we have the fulfillment of that. But that doesn't mean that we are free to do any and everything. Um, and I'm going to talk about that in a moment. And the real interesting place to start is Mark chapter 7. Now, in Mark chapter 7, uh, Jesus is um, accused by the uh, the Jewish leaders, and this was pretty common. Um, the, the accusation starts in, in, in verse 5 of Mark chapter 7, and they ask uh, Jesus why his disciples did not eat their food according to the tradition of the elders. Now, there was a certain way that the uh, Jews were encouraged and supposed to wash their hands. Now, this is not something that Moses necessarily gave and passed down, but it had become Jewish tradition, and a good Jew was expected to keep the traditions. Uh, Jesus certainly kept the law, I believe, but he... Um, he really at times disregarded the traditions of men, as he as he called them, and this was one apparently that he didn't enforce. His disciples didn't have to wash their hands in a ceremonial kind of way, and again, this had really nothing to do with 
um, uh, getting rid of the COVID-19. You know, this had nothing to do with cleanliness. It's not that they didn't wash their hands before they eat, but there was a ceremonial way in which they washed their hands. And I can't remember the details. I, I remember reading it once a long time ago, and I think it was taking a, 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 a cup of egg about the, the size of an eggshell water, and you'd pour it down on your hand, and you had to hold your arm in a certain way. And so that the water ran down, not towards you, but down to the ground. And I, again, I don't remember all of the, um, the details, but, but there was a way in which this was supposed to be done. And, um, Jesus, again, he just didn't have much, he didn't have much regard for the, these traditions that the Jews had developed over time. And as a matter of fact, in Mark chapter 7, he points out the hypocrisy of the religious leaders in, uh, you know, keeping their traditions. And, and in so doing, they actually violated the law of God. So at times their traditions would, um, would sort of nullify the word of God, or at least it, you know, they, they were, they were going against what God wanted, let's put it that way, just to keep their own traditions. And then he kind of turns to the crowd in verse 15, and he tells everyone, he said, um, there's nothing that enters a man from outside which defiles him. But the things that you know come out of a man, that is what defiles him. Now, the ceremonial washing that the Jews had um, or did had to do with defilement, okay? So what Jesus is referring to is not really eating here, but he said, there's nothing that enters a man that defiles you. I suppose if, if you had unclean, ceremonially unclean hands, that when you ate, there, the food would become unclean, ceremonially unclean, and that would ceremonially defy, defile a man. But Jesus here in verse 15 of Mark chapter 7 said, there is nothing that, that comes from outside that defiles a person. And uh, I think this was revolutionary. This was not something that the disciples had even probably processed. I think they had just assumed that it could very well defile a man. And so they actually, it sounds like they, they get him aside later um, in verse 17 when he's away from the crowd. And they, they said, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Because what he had said, basically, it sounds like it undoes what the Pharisees had been teaching. And, it, and in fact, it does. And, you know, he seems almost kind of shocked. What do you mean? You don't understand that? Um, and he, he says something I think is extremely important here in Mark chapter 7 because he, he, he repeats himself. He says, do you not perceive that whatever enters a man from outside, it, it doesn't defile him because it does not enter his heart but his stomach. In other words, food doesn't affect a man spiritually. It just goes into his stomach. And then it's eliminated. That's actually what Jesus said. Then it's eliminated. The, the body has a process in which it takes in food, it processes it, and then it eliminates it. Um, but it doesn't enter a man's heart. And when he says heart, he's not talking about the muscle in the chest, but he's talking about um, the, the spiritual core of a man. And he said it doesn't enter that. It, it can't defile a man. It's just food. Food is food, and and spirit is spirit. Or Jesus actually said in John chapter three, "What is that is what what is flesh is flesh, and that which is spirit is spirit." Uh, they're two different things. And then um, there's a there's a tell in of verse nineteen, and it really depends on what version of the Bible you have as to how it reads. In in some Bibles, it seems to put this in parentheses. In other words, this is still part of what Jesus is saying. Others seem to suggest this is Mark kind of. Um, 
uh, adding a commentary. In other words, he's inserting what Jesus meant by this. And so it's not really clear to me. It doesn't matter what it is because I, I, I consider uh, these writings inspired, and therefore I take it whether it comes from Mark, who probably really came from Peter, or whether it comes from Jesus. It's all the same to me. But it says, um, and I'm reading from the New King James, verse 19, because it does not enter his stom- his heart but his stomach, and is eliminated, thus purifying all foods. Now again, it's not clear whether Jesus said all foods are purified, or whether Mark adds it. And I kind of think it, it leans towards what Mark is. I think Mark is adding this, that all foods are purified. But think about this for a moment. What they're telling this audience and what these Jews are listening to Jesus or hopefully processing is that Jesus was removing the, the stigma of unclean foods. Because foods doesn't make a man holy or unholy, or avoiding certain foods doesn't make a man holy or unholy. And in a sense, all foods have been purified. And Jesus goes on in verse 20, what comes out of a man, that defiles a man. Think about that for a minute. Um, you know, it's, it's not what goes in your mouth that sets you apart to God as holy. And it's not what goes in your mouth that makes you defiled. But it's how you live. It's what you do. What comes out of you as a person, uh, that's what defiles us before God. Uh, our heart, our, our actions, our thoughts, our words, our deeds. It's not our food. And therefore, food doesn't commend a man to God, nor does it defile a man before God. And, you know, this is, again, this is revolutionary, and it's a, it's a thought that Paul also picked up in Colossians chapter 2, for example. In verse 16, he said, Let no one judge you in food or drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths. And, and he goes on here, but, but in the big beginning of that, he said, Let no one judge you in food or drink. And so Paul picked this idea up that foods don't defile a person. And... It's okay. You know, in um, Acts chapter 10, very, very famous uh, chapter in sense of, of the turning point in Acts, Peter is on the rooftop um, and he's, uh, he's fasting and he has this vision. And in this vision, a, a giant sheet comes down and it's loaded with animals. And I, I assume from the text that all of these animals are unclean. In other words, they're, they're animals that are forbidden to eat by the Jew. I'm just guessing that because of, of what happens. But he sees this sheet coming down. It's full of unclean animals. And he hears a voice in this vision. And the voice says, uh, rise, Peter, kill and eat. In other words, hey, basically, Peter, you're hungry? Why don't you get up and eat something? Go ahead. You know, ha- have, have something to eat. Have, have a a, a barbecue, you know, a pulled pork. That's what I'm trying to think of. Have a pulled pork sandwich, Peter. And Peter's response is, oh, no, I've never eaten anything. You know, nothing like that has ever passed my lips. I would never do that. And he, and he didn't because Peter was keeping the law and he was very much about, you know, doing what a good Jew should do. And um, this vision appeared to him three times and then it went away and there was a knock at the door almost simultaneously. And there were people from the house of Cornelius who had come to see Peter um, make a long story short, Peter goes to Cornelius' house, and this man Cornelius, who is a non-Jew, gets saved. And Peter witnesses the Holy Spirit falling on him, much like it had fallen on Peter. 
and he realizes the purpose of the vision, uh, and that is the last statement that God had said to him in, in the vision, and that is, um, what I have cleansed don't call common. And um, Peter realized that God was cleansing, so to speak, the Gentiles, and that they were being brought in. But he used this illustration of food to make the point that people could come in now too. And, you know, what's interesting about the vision is God doesn't chide Peter for not eating these foods. Um, you know, he offers it three times, and Peter, oh, no, I, I can't do that. It's, it's unclean, you know, and that's what Peter's thinking. This is unclean food. And again, Peter is not chided. He's not punished by God for not rising, killing, and eating. You know, one would think that he would immediately do it if you hear, hear the voice of God telling you to do it, but he doesn't. And he's not punished for it. And I think the reason why is because a person is free not to eat those things if they don't want to. But those things are no longer, um, uh, hash, uh, they're no longer, uh, what's the, uncommon. Or, um, you know, they, the God has made, God has elevated their position. All these foods are allowable to eat. And so if, if Peter wants to choose to still not eat them, that's fine. He doesn't have to eat them. But he should know, and I think he does, that eating them doesn't make him any different or avoiding them doesn't make him any different to God. They're just, it's just food. And so God used this illustration of food and how it now uh, was cleansed by God to make a point that now Gentiles are cleansed by God in a sense that they can also come into the church. Now, um, so I, I believe a Christian uh, can eat foods. He can eat the ham barbecue. You know, he can eat these foods. God, it doesn't make a person any better or worse. But I started out this podcast by saying that my answer was yes and no, because I do think that there is a no part to the question, can a Christian eat any kinds of food? And there's also a no to it. And this is, this is probably as important as the yes, in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, and this is where I base my argument from, Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and the church in Corinth is kind of struggling with this issue. Uh, apparently, they had sent a question to Paul, and Paul is now addressing it. And the question seems to be, hey, can we buy meats down at the market in Corinth that have been offered to idols in, in false temples, and can we eat that meat? And this apparently was a was an argument that was going on in, in the church in Corinth, and they had asked Paul about this. Now, I, th- this is a really kind of a unique situation, and I think it's fascinating to think about that there were the these um, temples in Corinth. T- Corinth was a seaport town; it had every kind of religion you could imagine. Busy little town, very corrupt, and it had uh, false places of demon worship, basically, uh, at every street corner. And um, so there were animals being slaughtered uh, to these false gods, and then the meat was, I guess, eaten by the priests of those temples, and whatever was left over was sold in the meat market. And if you're a Christian and living in Corinth, and you're you know, going down to the market to buy some food, and you're on a budget, hey, there's this burger that was slaughtered to some mother god, but it's really cheap. Can I buy it? Can I eat it? And apparently some Christians had different or different opinions. Different Christians had different opinions. And so Paul writes to this. Um, and, and in a sense, he actually, he does uh, agree with Jesus that you can. Um, you, you can eat this. This is not an issue that defiles a person. 
he says in and he, and he says in verse four. Therefore, concerning the evening of things offered to idols, we know that an idol is nothing of the world, and that there is no other god but one. And so Paul indicates it's not an issue. It's not an issue. You know, it's kind of strange. Um, I think sometimes I'd be on the other side of this fence from Paul. You know, do I want to eat that meat that was slaughtered and offered to some weird god in some wild orgy or something like that? It's like, oh, I don't want to eat that. And uh, but Paul say, hey, food is food. It doesn't matter. However, there is a limit to this, and this is very, very important. Um, Paul talks about some people in Corinth who might be weak, verse 7. In other words, their, their faith is weak. And these people might look at that meat and say, I can't eat that. I, j- I just can't in conscience. I can't in good conscience eat that. Or maybe they're a new Christian. Maybe they're, they don't know about the liberties that they have and they don't understand all these things. And they think, no, I, I can't eat that meat. It's been offered at an idol. I just can't do it. And so what Paul does is he puts a limit on the liberty of the Christians, not just in Corinth, but everywhere, I believe. Uh, that we don't use this liberty as a stumbling block to those who are weak. That's verse 9 of 1 Corinthians chapter 8. And this is extremely important. Um, you know, Paul kind of uses the example that if you're, you're having dinner and um, you invite somebody over for dinner and they're a weaker Christian or maybe they just have a, a conscience, um, for the sake of conscience, they just have a, um, they just don't want to eat this meat. And Paul would say, well, then don't set the meat in front of them. You know, don't, don't lead them to something that they can't, they don't want to do. Don't, don't, um, don't cause them to stumble is the phrase that he uses. As a matter of fact, in this chapter ends with verse 13, a very bold statement. Paul says, therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat again. I'm not going to eat it anymore. You know, I, I, he is so willing and ready to discard his, you know, love for meats to help his younger brother and to to bring them along in the faith uh and so the the no part of my my answer to this question is no we can't eat anything we can't drink anything if what we're doing eating or drinking or really much for anything if it's causing another christian brother or sister to stumble in their faith if it's causing them issues then we can't do it then it would be Wrong. Not that the food itself defiles us, but that we're causing a brother to stumble and that defiles us. So there is a limit. You know, a couple of years ago, I knew a young man who was making a presentation for a church. And in this presentation, it was about Bible study groups. Um, he, I think it was a video presentation. And he, um, he had a, a shot of a wine bottle, I think, being opened uh, for the Bible study. And it was, I mean, it was done in good taste. It wasn't a problem per se in it. Um, the pastor at the time kind of missed it during the editing stage, and it was presented to the church during, I think, a worship service. And when I saw it, I kind of cringed a little bit because I knew mm, this may not be a good idea. And in fact, it kind of raised some problems. People thought, well, hey, there's a wine bottle being shown at a Bible study group. And um, and and the young man who made the video, uh, he was in a sense right. He said he defended himself. He said, "There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having a bottle of wine or a glass of wine. What's wrong with that?" And he was right. And you know he he quoted some scriptures. I recall that backed his position that it's not wrong for a Christian to eat or drink these foods. And it's he's not wrong. And I agreed with him. the The problem was First Corinthians chapter eight. I think he caused some people. 
to kind of like scratch their heads. And, and who knows, it's possible that there were some people who stumbled by that. I don't know. And so in my opinion, I think the whole thing should have been scrapped and, and should not have included it because why go there? It didn't make a difference. It didn't make the Bible studies any more appealing or might have made them unappealing to some people. Uh, you, you could have done the same presentation without the picture of the bottle of wine. Why was it put there? And I think it was put there maybe to make a point, and the point, unfortunately, uh, backfired. Uh, and uh, really, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people were offended by it, and even the man himself became offended by the whole problem, just a, a mess. You know, we don't want to use our liberty, the liberty that you and I have, Christians, to cause other people to stumble. We don't want to use the things that God has given us um, to evangelize and to, uh, to be flexible in this world to make other people who are maybe coming along in the faith to question their faith or to lead them to sin. If that's the case, then we have been led into sin ourselves, and we need to repent of that. So can a Christian eat any kinds of foods? Can a, can a Christian do that? Absolutely. But if that Christian is causing another to be offended by that, then he or she needs to stop. And as Paul said, if, if it causes my brother to stumble, I'll never eat that again. I am totally fine with setting that aside. Well, with that, I'm going to wrap this um, podcast up. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, if you have any comments, feel free to leave them. And I'll look for you the next time on the Thinking Christian Podcast. <laughs>